I think for us, certainly being intentional, tapping into humanity, you know, connecting with people, serving people, um, as we get together with them on a one-to-one fashion or even team meetings, don't be so quick to get into the problem at hand and how you're going to solve the problem. How can you better get to know each other as human Mm. beings and what makes each and all come alive that much more? In addition to that, do we have a vision that is anchored in purpose and is, is somewhat tangible that's larger than any member of the team and the team in its entirety? The future of work isn't about shareholder value, technology, metrics, or automation. It's about being human and putting people first through actionable love. Welcome to the Love in Action podcast, where we hold deep conversations with extraordinary people to help you grow as a leader and expand your business. Here's your host, Marcel Schwantes. Hey, welcome to the Love in Action podcast, the show where we explore the intersection of business leadership and practical love and care. Glad you joined us today. I'm joined now by my co-host, Rob Holman. Rob, how are you, sir? Marcel, you know I've been looking forward to this. I'm looking we, forward to some awesome conversation, my brother. We, yeah, we, we love it when we get together and just banter back and forth. So let's get right to it. What do you got today? Yeah. So depending on the release of this, there's something that has left a ripple effect, not just in the United States of America, but throughout the world. Uh, it's been you know, told or explained as the hit scene around the world. It has to do with DeMar Hamlin, the yeah. safety for the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League or NFL, who took or who made a tackle, a pretty routine tackle. And after making the tackle, stood up, kind of did a brief clap, and then all of a sudden collapsed backwards, went right back. And if people are watching that NFL game, which happened to be on a Monday night football game around 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Nationally televised. Nationally televised game. Quickly, people started to either either they saw it live or they started to hear about it through social media outlets uh, very quickly and knew that this was a different kind of a hit to where DeMar was not carted off within a matter of uh, minutes, but remained on the field and they had to issue CPR very quickly. And he is currently, as we stand today, still in critical condition, the ICU, uh, because he went into cardiac arrest. They had to um, get his heart back up and running. They is now sedated and, um, and he's strengthening with every day, as as I'm told with different uh, sources, et cetera, and hoping, we're praying and hoping for him to be fully healed and recovered. The reason why I bring this up, Marcel, which is not yeah. a surprise to you, but might be a surprise to those listening in, this hit heard and seen around the world, how quickly the players on the field, those in the media and those that you know were seeing this, started to believe in something larger than themselves. Quickly, the players that were completely shocked started in time, just minutes as they passed, as he was not moving, their fellow teammate, player, et cetera, started to join hands with tears and started to kneel on the field and they started to pray together, regardless of their religious or spiritual beliefs, mind you. Right. But it was a sense, and they weren't alone, the players on the field, the coaching staff, but the media and those that watched on their television 
quickly went into believing in something or someone much larger than themselves for help, for healing, for guidance, for strength. Mm. And I couldn't help but think as important as prayers continue for Damar and his family for full healing and recovery, what this means to us as leaders. Regardless of anyone listening, your religious or spiritual beliefs, do you believe in something larger than yourself? And what effect in a positive way does this have? What are your thoughts, Marcel, as you hear me talk about Damar, as you heard about far before I even brought this up today, but even for leaders in this time and place in talking about believing in something larger than yourself? Yeah, we're we're in, in tough times. It have been for the last you know, whatever three years since the p- pandemic hit. But you know, it's it's one of those things where we we shouldn't wait for tragedy or a crisis to happen. Uh, mo- a lot of the players were talking in you know interviews afterwards. Were saying you know football took a back seat. That's right. This is all about Lamar now. Yeah, it's like it's like that. Everyone's humanity checked in, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I think that that's something that, uh, we need to, we need to start thinking about caring with us on a day-to-day level, especially in a world that is so divisive, right? Isn't it interesting, Rob, that every time there is a crisis, humanity comes together. You mentioned huddling and praying. It wasn't just the bills that were doing it. Bengals and bills side by side. Right, I'm in a flashback to to, to September 11, 2001. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened. It's like the country came together, and we started to believe in things bigger than ourselves. Like this, this uh, all of our petty arguments and our political divisions that didn't matter anymore, right? Because we saw suffering, we saw death, right in front of our eyes. It was being televised, just like you know the game. And I think that raised our consciousness, our collective conscience, conscious to understand that there's something deep down inside us, in the in our heart of hearts, that um, that kind of raises our capacity to want to care and want to um, want to belong in these spaces where nothing else matters but just being there for that person or being there for for that cause. And, uh, and, and that's something that I would like to see more of, but not wait for a tragedy to happen, if you know what I mean. And I love that you're highlighting that because there are intentional things we can do to not wait for something challenging or difficult or problematic to happen to make these appropriate shifts and changes mm-hmm. uh, into us as human beings, leaders, t- our teams, and certainly within the organizational culture. Uh, one of which... I want to highlight too, this got me thinking of a Forbes article that was written uh, just a couple short years ago, two or three years ago, that um, the the columnist says that if we want our teams to perform, it starts with belief. Mm. And they go on to say, and one of the main points in starting with belief is believe in something bigger than yourself. The columnist goes on to say, organizational research has shown a team who believes in other words, our work matters and we make a difference, will outperform a team who believes something like our boss needs us to hit these targets. Now, isn't that fascinating, Marcel? So <clears throat> I think for us, certainly being intentional, tapping into humanity, 
you know, connecting with people, serving people, um, as we get together with them on a one-to-one fashion or even team meetings, don't be so quick to get into the problem at hand and how you're going to solve the problem. How can you better get to know each other as human mm. beings and what makes each and all come alive that much more? In addition to that, do we have a vision that is anchored in purpose and is, is somewhat tangible that's larger than any member of the team and the team in its entirety. I think yeah. two things to certainly keep in mind. Anything else come to mind as far as intentions we can have with believing in something larger than ourselves? Well, yeah, you, you, purpose is a big one. Um, and I also want to highlight, I'll get to your question in a second, something else that, that, the article, that she stated in the article. I'm going to quote directly. Teams with shared belief in something bigger than themselves have greater urgency they have more tenacity and they are more resilient. Oh, that's good. And I think that that's, that speaks to kind of, I'm going to bring back belonging. Okay. So it's like belonging in a tribe of shared beliefs, shared values. I mean, when you, when you have that kind of culture, you can't help but have each other's backs, Rob. And of course, as you, as you belong and connect and get to know each other on a deeper level, on a, yes, on an emotional, a deeper emotional level in the workplace. Yeah. When that happens, it makes perfect business sense that things are gonna things are gonna just gel and um and collaboration is gonna happen on a higher level. And of course, you know, this is a business podcast. So we're after the end result of all of that. When we have a shared belief in something and we share the values in this in this great healthy corporate culture of looking after one another, results happen. Then that's really good for business. Now, the question is, did I answer your question? <laughs> oh, you're answering the question. You do because it's a topic at hand. It's just basically any other intentional things that business leaders can do that will foster kind of this space that we're talking about believing in something larger than yourself. Anything uh, else to add? You know, I also think about from a leadership standpoint, uh, bring it down to right down to the leader level in the trenches. So how does belief play out and, you know, in leading other people? I'm thinking about, uh, and maybe this is kind of a step up from what we're talking about is believing in someone, uh, and believing in, in their potential, um, that each person, you know, under your care, uh, carries. Then sometimes we get so so caught up in the transactional side of management and and or in leadership too, right? Got to get the job done. Got to meet deadlines. Got to you know it's it's just it's just off to the races you go. But what if you step back into the uh, the the essence of leader of leadership is being able to care for one another, develop their skills, and meet their needs, right? But what if you added an extension to that and began to see the potential in each person that they are worthy, that they can do the job well, right? So there's your belief right there. Believing in something greater than yourself is believing that the people that that uh, surround you are going to go to great lengths to do the job well. Because a lot of us, we fear that we that the, our people may not not have what it takes to to perform well, to get the job done, Right. And so that's, that's a mindset of scarcity, I think. So a mindset of belief 
will trust the process, will trust the people, right? Without fearing, oh, do they have what it takes to get the job? Well, you, you hire them, you know, that's why they're there, right? So now give them, extend that trust as a, as a gift and, and have the belief to, to know and in faith, right? I think I'm talking from a faith standpoint, whatever your religion is, have the yeah. faith to know that they're going to get the, they're going to do just fine. And your role is to take care of them, to make sure that, <laughs> you know, that you're paving the way for them to succeed. So. Marcel, it gets me thinking, I don't know if you've, I think you've heard of this definition of faith before, but believing, uh, believing what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And if we, hire competent people. We have the right right person, the right what we really believe to be the right person, the right seat heading in the right direction and fanning that flame, their yeah. their competency, their um you know, just different things associated to who they are and what they do. When we encourage them, we're we're really specifying the difference between in, inspiration and motivation. Yeah. We're inspiring them and when we inspire and we're fanning that flame into action, that's going to further what's already there. It's going to, you know, ignite what's already there, as opposed to when we're motivating someone mm. more of exterior things, kind of the slap on the wrist, a little bit more of the carrot and stick methods of leadership and management. Those only go so far. Yeah. But based on what you shared, when we can intentionally, you know, number one, believe in them enough to let them do their job and do it well, but then come alongside to say, I'm here for you to serve you, exactly, to fan that flame. Can you only imagine what that inspirational place, it's going to compel them to move and produce in ways we never even thought we could ever ask or think. Yeah, and or, because Rob, when you do all of that, it builds them up and it builds them up and they, they feel encouraged and empowered by you. And, you know, this this habit of speaking belief into them that they're they're good and worthy and they're going to do just fine has an immense effect on their well-being, Rob, and, then, you know, and their sense of self-worth. I mean, and, and of course, you know, none of that can happen. It's not a flip of the switch. I mean, it takes relationships. It takes a level of trust involved. So you have to get to know your people, of course, and, right? So, you know, m more studies are coming out saying that if you trust and believe in in your people first right without them having to earn that trust like if you just extend that trust as a gift and and just believe in them yeah. in return the studies are saying they reciprocate by believing in you as a leader and so, so they're going to give you their best work and of course you're going to see significant business results from that amen love it microphone <laughs> drop all right, let's move on. It's time for Mailbag. That's right. This is where you get to send in your questions. And here's one, Rob. John from Rhode Island writes, Marcel and Rob, I'm new to the job as a, as a manager in a new role with a new company. I start next week. It's a small company, and I want to hit the ground running fast with my direct reports. What's the best approach to connecting with them that first week? I'll tell you, Marcel. Great question by John. John, yeah. take a deep breath. <laughs> um, spend that first week asking more questions than trying to give answers. Yeah. The more that you can enter into a new week, a new season within business, even though you have a lot to offer, certainly that's why they hired you. 
That's why they brought you on board. If you can remain a bit more of an intentional student the first week by asking some very specific questions, I'm talking about getting to know the, the team members personally, but also professionally. You're going to be better for it team members, and the company as a whole. So that's, in short, Marcel, I would encourage you, John, to, to, to take it easy, take a deep breath, and ask some wonderful questions. I love it. I love it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback on that and be even more specific to what kind of questions are you going to ask? So, because, you know, obviously, if you're a new manager, you want to take your people out to lunch. I remember my bosses, you know, always first week or first day, the first thing they do is, is they, you know, they, they, they'll take you to, to, a, to a lunch, but then they drop off the radar. <laughs> you, you know, you won't, you might not see them again for three weeks. So I'm like, you know, it's just a formality, right? It meant nothing. It's just their way of kind of like, okay, this is, it's almost like the boss has to do this because it's part of his, his, his yeah. whatever, his job description. Um, so I would say, John, yes. Go ahead and go ahead and schedule those one-on-ones. You know, you don't have to take them to a restaurant. Just, just be there for them that first week. Schedule one-on-ones really to know, to understand who they are. And I would ask specific questions to Rob's point. And three that I would ask would be these. One is, uh, what are your strengths? Because then that speaks to what they can do, not only on the job, but you might discover strengths that they have that may not even be on, you know, on their resume, on the, on the, on the job description that they, that you can utilize for other things, for other tasks, other projects, right? So get to know what their strengths are. Uh, and number two, as you get to learn and, and, and uh, about them, ask them, what are your interests? Because that speaks to their desires, their aspirations, where they want to be. Uh, down the line, and and you want to see if uh, if you can build loyalty with that person, and and understand you know what what their goals are. So an interest, right? I mean, it may be that if they are interested in a different role or or um, a position, that that's something that as you get to learn about this person, maybe you can develop them into that area and position that person in 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 in, in another another role that is really going to benefit not only that person but benefit the company as well and then the third question i was at, that i would ask specifically is this one how can i help support you and set you up for success right so that speaks right there right off the bat you are establishing yourself as a servant leader okay yes you're you're the boss you are larger than charge but the, the success of your team comes from those under you. And so you want to make sure that you are there and you're sending that clear message that I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you succeed. So that's the three, the third question. So that's really, a, I think, you know, um, that first week, uh, that'll keep you busy depending on how large your team yeah, is, um, to get your, you know, get you, uh, running, uh, off the, off the ground running fast. So. And ding, 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 John, we do, I think here a bonus, um, uh, added, comment as well. That was gold, by the way, Marcel, because you got really practical with John. And so John, uh, as well as everyone else who's listening, man, we can apply those things right where we are, regardless if we're new or we're later in the game. And yeah. here's what I want to highlight for John as well as far as a mm -hmm. bonus comment is it just doesn't have to be a new week. Imagine if you take those three things that Marcel shared 
and you intentionally and consistently, notice those two words, intentional and consistent, you weave them into the fabric of the business relationships on a weekly, monthly, annual basis with other members of the team. How can you better get to know them, their strengths, what makes them come alive? I mean, these are beautiful things, their interests. It doesn't have to stop after week one. I think that can launch you into a great place, but you want to continue in launch phase. <laughs> Love Whether it. you're a month, a week in, a month in, or 10 years in, there's always things that we can take with us to better connect with those around us. So Marcel, thank you for that. Mm. And I thought that could also be an added bonus to the conversation. Yeah. All right. If you want to send in your questions to our mailbag segment, you can do that just by going to my website, marcelschwantos.com. Click on Love and Action Podcast. And the latest episode, you will find a link to it. Just send us your question and uh, we will read it on the air. He is Rob Holman. And Rob, how can people get a hold of you? Appreciate you, Marcel. Always a joy and an honor to be with you, to share an insight and some practical advice for people as well. Easiest way is just go to my personal website, which is Rob. Now that's Rob with two Bs, everyone. All right. That wasn't because I was rebellious when I was a teenager and changed from one B to two. I've been Rob with two Bs. So it's robholman.com. I'll be right back with my leadership insights to help you grow as a leader right after this quick break. Hey, it's Marcel. Imagine how awesome it would be if this year, 2023, your employees were more engaged and, and into their work. They made better decisions, collaborated without any of those people issues, and just performed at a high level to produce great work. You know, as leaders, we know that these attributes eliminate countless headaches and help scale the business. But quite shockingly, we often see the exact opposite behaviors take place in our teams. So we developed a hybrid leadership course to help emerging leaders bring out the best in their people. So together with your management team, we're gonna help you identify the leadership skills that will result in high performance in yourself and in your employees. We're gonna identify what it takes to inspire, motivate, and engage human beings to do their best work. We're gonna teach you the leadership habits that will attract A players to come work for your organization. You're going to learn how to overcome the number one obstacle to clear communication. And you'll discover your personality strengths and blind spots and how to overcome those blind spots to help improve your work relationships. If you want to learn more about this unique leadership course, visit my website, marcelschwantes.com and click on training. Okay, so I'm continuing my series on giving you a sneak peek of chapters of my, my first book which is in development. And last time we covered the leadership principle of patience, which is coming up in the research now as a, as a key strength of good leaders. Yes, patience. <laughs> so refer to episode 169 if, if you want to get that sneak preview. Today, I want to talk to you about chapter three of my book. In that chapter, I cover another key strength of really effective leaders. So if you're a longtime listener of my show or if you follow me on, on social media, you're, you're not going to be surprised or put off by this. The evidence backs it up. It's kindness. Yeah, kindness. Such a fuzzy word, isn't it? But consider the impact that a culture of kindness has on a, on a whole workforce. Now, a study 
that I have referenced in the past, and I'm going to be talking about this this study in my book, was conducted by the University of California at Coca-Cola's Madrid site, all the way over in Spain. If anyone's listening in Spain, shout out. Researchers there found that people at work who were the receivers of kindness reported experiencing 10 times more pro-social behaviors than the control group. So examples of pro-social behaviors include activities such as empathy, altruism, sharing, cooperation, self-sacrifice, and helpfulness. So in other words, all the things that we need to make up great teams to produce good work together, this is what was happening. But here's the here's the clincher for me. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's great to receive kindness, sure. But it's even better to give it. So the researchers followed up on the givers of kindness after one month, and the results were even more impressive. They enjoyed higher levels of life and job satisfaction and less burnout, anxiety, and depression. So this whole thing suggests that giving kindness to each other had a more durable effect than receiving kindness. So here's what happens. The researchers found that there's this cyclical process of kindness that takes place. So the receivers reported engaging in nearly three times more pro-social behaviors than did the control groups. In other words, you know, the, the receivers of it paid it forward and then they became the givers of kindness. So as a result, kindness, when you encourage it at, at, as a corporate values and, and norms, well, it creates virtuous cycles within teams benefiting recipients and givers alike, but especially the organization as a whole to produce really good work. So you start with one random act of kindness, and then you watch it spread outwardly. So I'm going to give you more of my manuscript in uh, future mini episodes where you'll hear first right here the principles of leadership, love, and action that are going to come out in my book in the future. You can continue the conversation on social media with hashtag Love in Action Podcast. I'm Marcel Schwantes, and my mission is to spread more actionable love and care in the workplace. The future of leadership is love in action. To learn more about bringing me to speak at your events or help your leaders create a servant leadership culture, you can visit my website, marcelschwantes.com. Thank you for listening to the Love in Action Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it, subscribe, and leave us a review. Until next time, don't forget, the future of leadership is love in action. Believe it, practice it, and watch your business grow.